thank you, Lord. There's no place I'd rather be than in the house of God this morning, worshiping with you. Uh, God is so good. And they, when I walked in this morning, they were singing a song about the name of Jesus, and the most high and how wonderful it is. And there is no name greater than Jesus. When, when I meditate on the name of Jesus, I just can't help myself but tears to roll down my eyes. Through his peace and in his joy that he has brought to my life, what he brought me from. If we could just go ahead and lift our hands in prayer. Mighty God, we love you, we praise you, we exalt you. Thank you for the gift of salvation that you have given in our lives, God. Thank you for finding me underneath that rock, Lord, and changing my life completely. Oh God, there is no place I'd rather be than in the house of God and working for the kingdom of God and, and to do your will in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So speaking about Jesus, the, the absolute name of God, the highest revelation of the name of God that we have today, um, we, we need to understand what a name is or, or what a name means. Especially within American culture today, your, main, your name doesn't exactly mean what Back in the day where, where Hebrew people, when they named their kids, it had a purpose. Do any of you know the meaning of your name? I think like the meaning of my name is like lost in the woods or something. It's, 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 the tr like, it's Keith Nevet, and I'm pretty sure it's lost in the woods. I, I assure you, uh, I try not to be lost in the woods. But um, I, when I looked at that definition, I was quite disappointed. I was like, why couldn't it be something cool like, like God's salvation, you know, like God's glory, like God's right hand, uh, you know, uh, Dooley, they got a cool last name, it's, it means dark hero. I'm like, what? That's awesome. But no, the, um, the American culture no longer reflects Bible characters or biblical meaning. In, the, in Hebrew culture, whenever, when anyone was to name their child, they were naming it uh, or they were naming him or her to reflect the idea of how they felt about God or who this person was going to be in their journey. Your name had a lot of meaning. In early Hebrew culture, your name was carefully selected at birth, and the name had spiritual significance. Your name not only labeled you as a person, but it put meaning to your life in the reference of the Creator. We have examples of this, right? You have Jacob. He was a supplanter. Well, he supplanted. It was his relationship. But guess what? God changed his name later to Israel. And, and, and what does Israel mean? Peace or prince with God. So too, God was indicative of his nature and his character within names. Because when he changed your name, he changed it for a purpose. He changed it for, for the relationship that he was going to have. Your name was your life bond to this world. The, the Hebrew people were seeking uh, the name of their God. In the ancient cultures of the time period, every pagan God went by a specific name, whether it be Baal or whether it be Moloch or whether it be Ashtoreth. Um, but the Hebrew God remained silent about his name in the Old Testament. He remained silent. We got ideas and, and small revelations of what we could call him, but he never referred to himself uh, with his actual name. Now, we have a conflict of interest when it comes to Jehovah Witnesses, right? Why, what does a Jehovah Witness believe the name of God is? And they believe that the name of God is Jehovah, which technically they're not 
wrong wrong. It's the, it, it, it was a sense of revelation of what their name was. But now that we have the higher understanding, the, the revelation of who God is, they have now fallen into uh, a fallacy. So many scholars propose that the name Yahweh, right? We, we hear that all the time. The, the, it, it's the YHWH, right? We, we, we hear it. Yahweh. What does Yahweh mean? What is Yahweh? Well, it's a fun word named a tetragrammaton. It's great, right? And what it actually means, it means uh, to be, to become, come to pass. It is connected with the passage of Exodus 3.14 in which God gives the name Eon, uh, Asher, Eon. Uh, where the verb translated must, be, or at its most basic term, means what? I am that I am. That's where you get it from. I am that I am comes from the tetragrammaton of Yahweh. Um, and it, it, also mean, it can also be translated in all of these ways, too, which I found fascinating. I shall be what I shall be. I shall be what I am. I will become what I choose to become. I will become whatever I please. Ooh. Could theologically, it, it could also um, be known as uh, he who causes to exist, who gives life, to breathe, to live. He causes to become, he who is, who exists. So these are all the forms of Yahweh, the tetragrammaton of God, the, the word that the, only the high priests knew at the time. We actually don't even know if we're saying it right. We we're not quite sure because it was lost in the lineage. But, but we all understand it, that this is how they understood who God was. The Old Testament is, is full with reference, uh, of references to the name of God and its inherent meaning. There is a true revelation about the name itself. We need to know that the Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee. If he shall, could, uh, shall keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his way. And all the people of earth shall see and thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. The name of God. The name of God was to be praised and exalted. So, Psalms 34 and 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So when we are in church and we are magnifying God and we are shouting out the name of Jesus, we are fulfilling what Psalms is calling us to do. We are calling on the name that rescued us, the name that gave us salvation, the name that makes us whole. We are calling on that together because we are all in the same boat together and we are fulfilling the word of God. Psalms 11, uh, 113, 1 through 3, praise ye the Lord, praise O ye the servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from, the, from this time forth and forevermore. From the raising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. It's to be what? Praised forever. What's interesting about this is that this was all written in the Old Testament. It was all written by... Uh, by David, who actually didn't know the name that we have today. We actually have a higher revelation of who God is today than David ever had. Abraham used the name Jehovah, or he used the name Elohim, um, but he did not know the full significance in that name. He did not know God as God the Deliverer. He did not know God uh, delivered Israel from Egypt. 
uh, they had greater understanding of his character than did Abraham. Progressively, more and more, God revealed his character to mankind, and it was often expressed in a new name. How many names are in the Bible for God, especially in the Old Testament? We have El Shaddai, right? The Lord God Almighty. We have El Leon, which means the Most High God. We have Adonai, which is Lord Master. We have Yahweh, which means Lord Jehovah. We have Jehovah Nisi, which is my banner of victory. We have Jehovah Ra, which is God is my shepherd. We have Jehovah Rapha, uh, which God, what he is my healer. Uh, we have Jehovah Tiskanu, uh, God is my righteousness. We have Jehovah Miskinishkinim. Me, me, hold on, I know this word. Me, Mekat. Yeah, whatever. Um, it is the, we have, um, who is, the Lord is holy. Um, he sanctifies us. We have uh, Elohim, which literally just means God. That's what you actually see in Genesis, written by the, the people who wrote in Genesis. It is Elohim. Um, you see Jehovah Jireh. You see Jehovah uh, the Sabbath. You see Jehovah Shalom. So what? What name does he go by? What name do I call him by in the Old Testament? What, who, what is the absolute most powerful name? Well, Jesus is the full revelation of God's Old Testament names. When reading the meaning of the Old Testament names, we understand that Jesus fulfilled every single definition of the God's names in the Old Testament. When he walked on this earth, Jesus has become my everlasting God. Jesus, or Jesus is the everlasting God. Jesus is what? He, he's the one who provides for me. He is my peace. He is my hope. He is my strength. He is my holiness. He is all of these things. This is who Jesus Christ is. He has taken place of every single name in the Old Testament. So when people want to know more about God himself, they ought to seek his name. We see in Genesis uh, 32, 29, and Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. Tell me your name. And we know that, we know that um, God did not reveal his name to Jacob. In Judges 13, uh, 17. And uh, they said unto the angel of the Lord, what is thy name? That they knew the saying, for past we may go, or we may do the honor. And the name was never given. There was plenty of opportunity in order for the name to be given. But... We have another instance in the New Testament where Paul was on the road to Damascus. And when Paul was on the road to Damascus, he was, he was struck down by, by light. He, he was on the ground. He asked, who is this? Who are you? What is your name? And we all know what happened. He said, my name is Jesus. It is Jesus. He could have said, my name is uh, Elohim. My name is Jehovah. My name is Adnan. No, no, my name is Jesus. This was the instance where we understood that, that Jesus Christ was the highest name, or at least in Paul's life, that Jesus was the name of God, that Jesus was the highest revelation, because Paul was what? He was a, he was a um, Jew. He was a well-learned Jew. He was what you would consider a Sadducee or a Pharisee. He was someone who was well-learned. He was, he was taught. He was not someone who was dense about the word of God. As a matter of fact, he had such a belief system behind him that he worked against the Christian church because of what they were teaching in the name of Jesus Christ. Because that's how the church was teaching. Matter of fact, we find out in Acts 4, what? That 
that you cannot say the name of Jesus Christ. The Pharisees were telling them to stop talking about the name. You can't say the name of Jesus Christ. We are, we're, you, you can't do this. We understand that you did a miracle and that it, you did it in front of all these people. But guess what? We, you need not to say the name of Jesus Christ. They didn't say, um, you know, they, they didn't attack anything else about them because they were doing incredible works, right? There was healings. There were signs. There was wonders. There was all this uh, there was all these wonderful things going on within the kingdom of God, but what they attacked was the name of Jesus Christ. They attacked it. They said, no, you cannot say that name. These miracles cannot be done in that name. And if they are done in that name, then we will persecute you. But they feared the multitudes, right, because they were the ones getting their miracles. The multitudes were the ones that were getting their healings. So they couldn't... They couldn't necessarily fulfill in front of the crowds that the miracles were happening in, right? Uh, because they would, the Pharisees themselves would put themselves in danger. The amount of stress that is put upon the God of the Old Testament is also put upon, or the name of the God of the Old Testament is also put on the name of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. The trend to exalt God's name and to be praised and called upon his Old Testament reading is continued in New Testament writings. But the name mentioned Uh, is stressed and exalted and praised is the name of Jesus Christ. It is not the name of any of the Old Testament uh, names that were given to God. Acts 8, 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. The early church preached in such a manner as to incite onlookers, including critics, to comment on how they preached the name of Jesus Christ. What could they have possibly been saying to incite such descriptions of themselves? Well, we know that the following passages relate to the answer. The reason why that they, they always preached on Jesus Christ is because of what Jesus did in their life, right? When I preach Jesus Christ, I'm preaching my testimony. I'm preaching my faith. I'm preaching what God did in my life. And I'm trying to let someone know that this could also happen in your life. We're, we're overcomers by our testimony. This is how I preach the word of God. I have to relate to somebody, and I am a person who goes through personal issues and trials and tribulation, and I have to show how God brought me out of these things. So in Acts ten or 4.10, uh, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel. So he's saying, let everybody know about this, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, who God raised from the dead, by him does this man stand before you whole. This is him testifying before the council, testifying that, hey, I don't care what you say. You cannot shut me up about the name of Jesus Christ. I will profess the name of Jesus Christ wherever I go. There is nothing that you can do to stop me because I don't fear men. I fear God. I don't fear what man has to say to me. I don't fear what, 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 what man can do to me. I fear about the one who can do something to me physically and eternally. Polycarp had a, um, Polycarp was an apostolic church father who was, who was sacrificed, um, or sacrificed his life for the early church. And what he said when the Romans came to kill him was, was, uh, was so encouraging to me. Because he would not bow down to the Caesar. He only bowed to God. He would not look at Caesar as a god or an idol. He, he, simply said, he simply said, why would I fear a man who can only light me on fire? Why, can I, why would I fear someone who can only do me physical harm? He's like, I will fear God. I will fear the Lord Jesus Christ who will 
put not only bodily harm on me, but can also destroy my soul, who can also throw me in the pits of hell. Why would I ever fear this world? It has no power over me when the name of Jesus Christ is on my life. It has no power over me. So Acts 4.15, but when they had commanded them to go aside outside the council, they, 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 um, they argued among themselves saying that, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed notable miracles hath been done by them, manifested all them, uh, manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Woo! It's powerful when Jesus is on your side. We cannot deny that incredible things are happening in the in our city. We we can't do. It. We used to have the power, and this is what this was all about. It was a power struggle, right? The new kids on the block, Jesus Christ and the and the crew, they were they were kind of sweeping the town. Why? Because miracles, they were fulfilling needs. And whose obligation was that before? Well, it was the the Old Testament church. It, it was the temple's uh, responsibility to take care of the poor, to to um to help the needy, to help the sick. But guess what? The Christians were coming into town. The Christians were were evolving basically that city into becoming uh, followers of Jesus Christ. How did they do that? Through the power of God, through the miracles that God was showing them in Colossians three seventeen, or, or the the miracles that God was performing in those cities. Uh, Colossians three seventeen. And whatsoever you do in in word or deed, all in the name of of the Lord Jesus, give thanks to God and the Father by Him. So what we have to give thanks. We do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the highest version of God's name. It's the highest revelation. It is the most powerful name that has been given. Um, notice that the, the repetition of the early church, Acts 540. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them to not speak in the name of Jesus Christ and to let, and to let them go. I will let you go if you do not preach in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what's being attacked. Religion's not being attacked because religion can be manipulated. Religion can be whatever I say it is. But the name of Jesus Christ, when you start professing that name, people all of a sudden put an entirely different standard on you, right? When I profess the name of Jesus Christ, they understand what a what a what a Christian or someone who follows Jesus Christ is supposed to act. They understand how we're supposed to look. They understand that there is a that there's something about us that should be different. That what that we are to treat our brothers the way um, that we want to be treated. They understand that that we should love each other. That we should lift each other up. That the the church is is the void to hatred. Um, they, they understand that there is a stigmatism about the church that says that Christians are good people. That that's just what it is, and that's why it's so devastating when you hear in the news. That, you know, a Catholic priest did something or that somebody embezzled money or somebody did something else. So now the church is kind of getting a bad reputation because of the sins of just the fallen flesh. But we know that what? That by the name of Jesus Christ, this is the thing that the world will attack. It's the same. It's the thing that um, not only the world will attack, but also religious institutions. Uh, I brought up before the name of Jehovah through the Jehovah Witnesses. So Jesus has been attacked through the Jehovah Witnesses because they believe Jehovah is the name of God. And the reason being is just because they don't believe that Jesus Christ is deity at all. They just believe that he is a man 
um, who was favored by God, who was, it's actually Michael the archangel who came down, ceased to exist, came down and lived as Jesus Christ. I don't know how they got that, but that's fun. Um, and then they used the New World Translation, which is the translation that um, they created themselves in order to for them to prove their beliefs, which is fun all in itself as well. So notice that the reputation of that early church, that they were told not to. Whenever they were thrown in the jails, they were told not to preach the name of Jesus Christ. Well, why did they get thrown in the jail? Because they were preaching the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Acts 9 and 29 but he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the, the Grecians. But they went about to, say, uh, to slay him. So why did they slay him? Why were people being persecuted? Because they were preaching a doctrine that was never heard before that had power. And whenever there's a power struggle, people will do whatever they possibly can in order to stop that power to spread. That's it. But... It, Good thing for us, the, the power that was behind us is completely unlimited and that it will always, always be there for us no matter what happens in our situation, no matter what happens in our tribulation, no matter what happens. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, why do bad things, you know, happen to good people or why does God allow bad things to happen in the world? You know, God never said that this was going to be a, a cakewalk once you became a Christian. Look at Job's life. Look at the look at the Hebrews' lives. Look, you know, look at the people who are who are in captivity. These were God's people. Um, you know, in, in that these. How am I supposed to have a testimony without a without a test? How am I supposed to tell people about what Jesus has done in my life without tribulation in my life? How am I supposed to call? Why would I ever call on Jesus if my life was perfect? I mean, I, you know, so. This in itself proves the name that Jesus is indeed the name of God of the Old Testament, where it is stressed more in the, in the New Testament than, than anywhere else. What, what is that name? It is Jesus Christ. You don't see that the, the Hebrews looking for a different name. You don't see them talking about a different name. You don't see them, you don't see them still calling out to Jehovah. You don't see them calling out to Adonai. You don't see new Christians, um, converted Christians, are calling out to one of the names of the Old Testament. Who are they calling out to? They're calling out to Jesus Christ himself. There is a purpose to that. It's because they understood the revelation of Jesus Christ through the Holy Ghost that they received. Jesus Christ is the name of God. And it's important because a lot of churches a lot of people do not believe in the name of God being Jesus Christ or the highest form of revelation. Just go ask your, you know, someone, we know that there's other Christians, other denominations around wherever we go. Just ask, hey, what's the name of God? And watch how the most confusing answer you will ever receive about the name of God in that conversation. Well, you know, and it just goes crazy from there. And you're like, okay, I was just looking for one name, but it's all good. So the one name that the New Testament calls upon all of the time is Jesus Christ. There is no other name that is called upon. This is how the early church uh, demonstrated the power in the name of God. If the name was intended to be understood by the early church in emphasis other than Jesus, please tell me where and what method that name was used. You will not find one. What other name is given in the New Testament that we are to assume that is that is intended name of the early church or the, the, early, um, the early name of, of God that they used in the church. 
the name of Jesus is mentioned more than any other name associated with God in the New Testament. Is that name an unknown name? No, we know that it is Jesus. We know that Acts 4.10 through 12, it says, Be it known unto you all that, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which you have set not of the builders, uh, which is become the head of the corner. Verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. There's no salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is the only saving name. If I'm calling on any other name, then it is not the saving name. There is no other name under heaven given among men to where we can be healed, to where we can be saved, to where we can find hope, to where we can find joy, to where we can be protected. There's no other name. Jesus is the highest name of God ever revealed to mankind. It is the supreme revelation of the Old Testament and all the names of the Old Testament. He fulfills all of it. No other name, no other name of God has ever been so full of God's glory, thus revealing his nature to humanity as much as the name Jesus. Actually, I don't have this in my notes, but if you can go to Isaiah 12. This is something uh, one of my professors kind of showed me a while back ago. Yeah, Isaiah 12. Yeah, j- just Isaiah 12, 1. In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Uh, through thou uh, wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. The word salvation there can be translated into what? Jesus. Why? Because that's what Jesus means. God has become my salvation. So behold, God is my Jesus. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my Jesus. Therefore, with joy shall shall ye draw water out of the wells of Jesus. Continue. And in that day uh, shall ye say, praise the Lord, call upon his name. What's his name? Jesus, declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name, Jesus, is exalted. Jesus. The powerful name of Jesus in the revelation of Isaiah, what he was trying to say in that verse. You can continue all the way down if you want. You'll see more representations of salvation that that. God has become our salvation. God has become our Jesus. Jesus literally means Jehovah salvation. Salvation, uh, most theologians agree that this is the greatest thing that God has ever given us. Salvation, the greatest work that God has ever accomplished among humanity. It is the name which encompasses all the former revelations of God, since Jehovah is part of the name. One cannot compare Jesus Christ to Elijah, for example, by saying in, um, in, in a statement that Elijah means God is God, that Elijah is not God himself. We understand that Elijah is not God. Therefore, we would be in fallacy. 
We cannot compare Jesus Christ to any other man since no man was God incarnated. If Jesus is God incarnated, then Jesus is the greatest name ever revealed. Matthew uh, 1 reveals this. And we shall bear uh, we shall bring forth the son and they shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Jehovah shall save his people from their sins. This is a direct fulfillment of the prophecy. Obviously Isaiah 7:14. Emmanuel means what? God with us. God with us. That God was literally with us in humanity and that he was here in the incarnation uh, known as the Son of God, not God the Son, but the Son of God. That he had a purpose, that he was begotten and created. He was not in eternity's past with the Father, he was the Father in eternity's past. That's the major uh, distinction between the Trinity and uh, what, what oneness Pentecostals believe. That the Son did not live in eternity's past with the Father as a distinct person. We understand that he lived as the son, as the father. He was, he was all in, in, that, in that being, that the, that the father, that God was manifested in flesh and became the son of God, not God the son became the son of God. There are two parts of, of the name of Jesus, Jehovah Savior. So you have the, the fulfillment of Emmanuel, which means what? The two parts, Emmanuel means God with us, right? Jehovah is God and Jesus is Savior, God the Savior. In the name of Jesus, you have, you have Jehovah or God. And secondly, you have the Savior, which, uh, which corresponds with us, he is with us. The name of Jesus incorporates all the character and identity of God since the name Jehovah is included in the name of Jesus. It is simply another manner of extending the revelation of himself as was the, the trend of the Old Testament by calling himself Jehovah Provider, Jehovah, healer, etc. Just as the Mo Moses saw the characteristics of God and Abraham that Abraham did not see, because God did what? He revealed Himself progressively within the Old Testament. That's why people had a greater revelation of who God was uh, towards the end of the Old Testament than they did uh, in the beginning of the Old Testament. Even though for some reason they weren't able to see Jesus Christ as God. There was more information about who God was, but that doesn't mean that people can't be blind to who God is. We see that every day. Uh, Philippians 2.9, therefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Philippians 2.9. Isaiah Isaiah 45, 23, I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. This is the Old Testament fulfillment. Uh, what name will every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess? Right? Philippians 2, 10, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow. Not at the name of Jehovah, not at the name of Adonai. Not at, the, not at any other name shall any knee shall bow except at the name of Jesus Christ, of the things in heaven and the things in earth and of the things under the earth. Isaiah also prophesied the coming of the Messiah or who the coming of the Messiah is going to be. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called 
wonderful, counselor, the mighty God. Okay, so this son is going to be the almighty God. The son is going to be the everlasting father. And the son is going to be the prince of peace. Well, the son is also going to be what? The, the counselor and peace. What are those things? Those are things that the Holy Spirit brings into our life. That's why when we read Matthew 28 and 19, go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of what? The Father. Well, who's the everlasting Father? And of the Son. For what? The child is born and unto us a son is given. And of the Holy Ghost, which is what? It is the comforter. It is the counselor. It is what counsels me every single day when I meditate and I pray unto God. It's what the thing that tells me if I'm doing something wrong that I, sometimes I, I do ignore. Um, and, I, and I repent later. Got you guys. And um, it's that thing. It's the counselor. It's the prince of peace. It's what brings peace over my life when my world is turned upside down, when I'm going through a storm. It is the comforter. It's peace in my life. Notice the name is associated with the Father, the everlasting Father, the Son that has been given to us, and the Holy Ghost, which is the Counselor of Peace. Teaching them to observe all these things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, that I am with you always, even until the ends of the world. This is what the disciples taught every single day. This is what was observed by the disciples. The name of Jesus Christ. Christ is the only saving name. It is the absolute name of God. If we could all stand. We live in such a blessed time to live in the time of understanding the name of Jesus. We could have been like the prior 4,000 years where we didn't actually know the name of Jesus Christ. But no, God chose us to live in this time and in this day. He chose us to live in the time of knowing the full revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Maybe some people in here didn't know that the name of Jesus was the name of God or is the name of God. And just like when Paul was in Damascus, when he did not know that the name of Jesus Christ was the name of God. He was still following the Old Testament rule of law. He was still following the Mosaic law and the names that were given, Elohim, God. And he was still looking at Jehovah, God. And he didn't understand who Jesus Christ was until he was blinded and he was knocked on his back. And he was looking up into the sun and, or in, in, into, into the blinding light that was, that was casted upon him. And he asked, who are you? Maybe someone in here has been knocked down and you're wondering, who is doing this to me? And that light spoke back to Paul, who wrote most of our New Testament. And he says, I am Jesus. Why dost thou persecute? And I just can't help to be in Paul's situation and, and, the, and the, has some empathy towards it and sympathy where I'm just like, God, who, who are you? Why are you doing this in my life? I am Jesus. This is why I, I am doing this in your life because I love you. I created you. You were, you were born from the ground and the dust and I breathe life inside of you. I am Jesus. 
I am the one who has healed you. I'm the one who fulfills your needs. You are in control, Jesus. He is Jesus. He is Jesus. And when we look at the tetragrammaton of what it was supposed to be and what it means, it says, it says that I am that I am. I am what I shall be, and I shall be what I am. I will become what I choose to become, and I will become whatever I please. Jesus, I am that I am. If we could all just raise our hands right now. Mighty God, we love you, we praise you, we exalt you. Oh, thank you for the revelation of your name, Jesus. That I can get down on my knees and I can pray to Jesus. That all my needs would be fulfilled by Jesus. That when I have hatred in my heart or anger in my heart or fallen sin in my heart. That I can just call out on the name of Jesus and I am forgiven of my sins. And I'm healed from my transgressions and the blood of Jesus comes upon my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. May fellowship and uh, even come up here and pray before the beginning of the service. So enjoy.